You're listening to Rivercast, brought to you by River of Life Church in Gilderlin, New York. Now here's Pastor Sean. We're going to talk about Proverbs 31 this morning. So you probably don't remember, to be honest with you. I had to look back. I'm like, how long ago were we in Proverbs? Was it last year? It was actually just a few months ago. I guess we've been in Romans long enough that I even couldn't remember. But I told, I mentioned it then. I'm like, I'm going to save Proverbs 31 because Mother Days is coming up. In the beginning of Proverbs 31, I'm going to use, I'm going to share on Father's Day as well. But I want to talk to you this morning about what it means being a strong woman in a modern, mixed up, messed up world. You know, it's interesting. It's kind of a high value, kind of a big thing. Let's be a strong woman, be a strong woman. And it's fascinating to me when I listen to how the culture defines a strong woman today. And who would have thought in an era of, you know, of of Title IX when we were like, you know, let's be there for women athletes and let's not give them second best that they have to kind of come out and, and as it were, to fight against guys who are masquerading as women in sports. And, you know, and it's almost like, it's almost wrong if they're able to do that. It's like, what in the world? We're going backwards in so many ways and so many definitions of understanding, you know, a strong woman being kind of a an outspoken brusque, kind of obnoxious and rude. And that's not good for men. And by the way, ladies, it's not good for you either. That's not what we were supposed to be as... as uh, not we are not supposed to be strong. You're not supposed to be strong as strong uh, women in that way. Uh, just so many messed up understandings. And Proverbs 31, I saw in kind of a new light as I studied this week, the word strength or the theme of strong is throughout this whole passage uh, in an unbelievable way. So I'm not sharing that so much because it's the, the, the end thing is, you know, raise young girls to be strong women. It's you know, this was thousands of years ago that God explained what strength is. In fact, there's a, uh, there's a phrase in here that you'll see in a minute that uh, talks about strength and honor. One of the movies that my family likes to watch is, uh, is the Gladiator. I think it's uh, is it Russell Crowe that's the kind of the hero of that movie. And there he's a, a Roman, not a centurion, like a general, Roman general there and the battle is being arrayed between you know the Roman army and the Germanic hordes and he kind of goes down the line with all of the men with all of their armor and all their regalia and their weaponry and strength and honor and strength and honor and this kind of manly scene. Well you're gonna see in a minute a phrase that ladies you have strength and honor the exact same way. And that's really what Proverbs 31 is about. So let me take time to read this passage. You've Ladies, you've probably, if you've been in church a while, you've probably read this bunches of times and you've had lots of Bible studies on it. I'm going to give you my shot at what I see out of God's Word this morning. So let's look at Proverbs 31, starting in verse 10. The Bible says this, An excellent wife who can find. There are some words in the Bible that are kind of what I would say are sauce words. You know what a sauce is? A sauce has got lots of ingredients in it, right? You've got lots of different flavors and seasonings, and it all comes together, kind of synthesized to make a sauce. Some words in the Bible are just plain. It is what it is, and there's no changing it. This is a sauce word. This word excellence really is core, means strength. It means power, and it kind of bleeds into where it's something that is is of wealth. It involves like a wealth. In fact, it's a word that's translated in the Bible often for men, for honor and valor. 
often in that way. So it's kind of the idea of an awesome wife, a woman who is strong, who is valuable, who is honorable, who is you know a woman of valor, a woman that is of excellence. That's what this word is. It is a very deep kind of robust word. And it's really defining us what a strong woman really is all about. And we get this whole picture here in Proverbs 31. It says this, an excellent wife, who can find? They're rare. She is far more precious than jewels. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him harm, or good and not harm yeah, all the days of her life. She seeks wool and flax and works with willing hands. She is like the ships of the merchant. She brings her food from afar. She rises while it is yet night and provides food for her household and portions for her maidens. She considers a field and buys it. And with the fruit of her hands, she plants a vineyard. She dresses herself with strength, there it is again, and makes her arms strong. She perceives that her merchandise is profitable. Her lamp does not go out at night. She puts her hands to the distaff, and her hands hold the spindle, kind of a weaving, sewing kind of thing. She opens her hand to the poor and reaches out her hands to the needy. By now, ladies, if I were you, I'd be like, okay, I'm done. I can't do half of this. I need sleep. I can't stay up all night. I can't do all of this. Hang on. I'm going to help you. This is not a shame where you walk out the door like, yeah, I guess I'm going to, maybe one day I might grow up and be that lady, but not today, you know. I'll help you. Hang on, all right? We're shooting high here this morning. Verse 21, she's not afraid of snow for her household, for all her household are clothed, not just with clothes, but in scarlet, expensive clothing. She makes bed coverings for herself. Her clothing is fine linen and purple. Her husband is known in the gates. In other words, he's well known in the community and respected. When he sits among the elders of the land, she makes linen garments and sells them. She delivers sashes to the merchant. Strength and dignity, there it is again. Strength and honor, strength and dignity are her clothing. And she laughs at the time to come. She's not worried about her future. She's secure and confident in what God has done and given her and where she is and what's going on in her life. She opens her mouth with wisdom, and the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. She looks well to the ways of her household and does not eat the bread of idleness. Her children rise up and call her blessed, and her husband also, and he praises her. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord, that's the only way you do all of this, you fear the Lord, is to be praised. Give her the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. I want to make a couple observations before we dive into the meat of this. The first thing I want to observe with you is, ladies, this is setting the bar really high. This woman that we're being talked about, there's a lot of women who have done excellently that are phenomenal, uh, phenomenal women, phenomenal wives or mothers. And ladies, this is for all of you, whether you're married or have children or not as relevant. To be honest with you guys, there's things in here that we need to get as well. But we're shooting for the very top. This is like the gold standard. This is if you're at, you know, at the, the, the store and you see good, better, and best. This is the best and beyond the best. This is like the top. You can't do any better. Top of the line. 
It is impossible, ladies, for you to hit this consistently every single time. So I don't know what the children's, uh, children's, oh my goodness, the women's ministries are telling you, but this is an impossibility to hit this every time. I've got a couple of daughters that like, the, like, like archery, and they have learned that you can never exactly shoot the perfect arrow. It is impossible. It is, you can get close, and you can hold the bow to your target, but you don't realize that no matter how steady you are, your arm just always floats a little bit. I'm kind of exaggerating a little bit, but even the best archers look like they're perfectly still, but it moves. It dances a little bit. And you can get close, but you never really quite hit the exact mark. So ladies, you need to realize this is what you are shooting for. This is the target that you're driving toward. This is the goal of where you're going. This is not meant to shame you. God didn't put this in there to say, look, you failed here, and you failed here, and you failed here, and oh, you're awful here, and you're awful, and you can never get that. No, it's, in fact, it's quite the opposite to say, it's to encourage you to say, look, this is what it means to be a woman that honors God. This is what it means to be a woman that's faithful in this world. And this is what you're shooting for. Okay, you didn't quite get there. Well, let's work on that and let's move a little bit forward. So this is not, this is not to, to walk out the door and feel like you can't do any of these things, all right? I'm going to help you by the end to pick one or two of these along the way, but this is a target to shoot for. The flip side of that is boys in the room, men in the room, it means you and I need to appreciate the ladies in our life. That's why this is in here. When we see these qualities in the women in our life, they deserve our praise. They deserve our appreciation. They deserve our value. That's what last night was about, and we wanted it to be not just for moms, but all ladies, and I'm glad in the end we kind of figured it out, but for all, even young ladies, want them to grow up, right? I almost said to be old ladies, and I'm not going down that road, but they're young, and we want them to be not as young ladies, right? <laughs> Uh, you just get in trouble. What do you say, middle-aged ladies? That like is even like, I don't know. You just stay away from all of that. Mature ladies. There we go. Yeah, mature. And then there's some that are very mature, and then there's some that are somewhat mature. I'm going to move along. So we even want our young ladies to learn to understand what that looks like, and our young men to, to treat on the way. But you deserve the praise. You deserve the, the fruit of the hands. We see that there is, should be a tremendous appreciation that lasts not just one day out of the year, but every day out of the year. So those are two key observations. So with that, let's dive in. There's, I don't know, five or six themes in there, and I, I don't want to be here too long because you need to go spend and celebrate your day together or however you planned out, but let me jump into a few of these things. First things out of the box. A woman who is strong and excellent and honorable and worthy of this, as Proverbs talked about, is a woman who is, is faithful what does this picture look like that God has painted for us of, of what the target is that we're shooting for? She is faithful with her family, faithful with her husband. Look at what the Bible says. The heart of her husband trusts in her, and he will have no lack of gain. She does him good and not harm all the days of her life. When the Bible says that he trusts her, it's not a statement about him. It's actually a reverse statement about her. What it means is, is that she has never done him anything wrong to where he distrusts her. Nothing. I like to shoot uh, archery as well, and I taught my girls along the way, and we both have learned along the way. And, and there's something that we use with the bows that we shoot. It's a release. It wraps around your wrist, 
and then it has a little arm that kind of comes out and it has a trigger on it. So you're able to squeeze it. So instead of just holding the, the string with your bare fingers, some people shoot that way. We don't. You just kind of, uh, you know, they kind of let it go. There's literally a set of jaws that come out and grab the string and you can draw the bow back. And the bow that I shoot, I don't know, I don't pull too much. It's like maybe 55 pounds. And I've got a release that I purchased that I thought was a great release. Until the day that I got about almost a full draw and it let go when I wasn't ready and I punched myself in my mouth. So all of that weight transferred from what it was. And, you know, nobody wants to get punched. But when you get punched, you're, you punch yourself. It's just like, it's not a good day. I mean, I got a bloody lip. I cut my hand on my, whatever. I did that about four or five times. And I tell you, like, literally every time afterwards, not in a row, I'm not that dumb, but I just like, this is terrible. I did not trust that anymore. Why? Because it let me down. You know what I did? I went out and bought another release. I'm like, well, I'm done with this. What in the world? You see, ladies, your job, when it comes to your husband in this picture, but really in every area of your life, is to be trustworthy, to not let others down. By the way, men, your job is, is too. I told you there are some things in here for you as well in relationships, is to not let the other person down. Sometimes we get into relational issues, we're like, well, you just don't trust me. Well, yeah, because you punched me in the face. Like, yeah, I'm sorry, I am struggling to trust. You know, we trust in that first situation when everything is good and everything's okay, but when you get punched, our bodies and our souls, even our emotions, brace for impact, right? If you sense there's something come your way, I don't care if you're about to get hit physically, I don't care if you're talking about an emotion you're about to experience, if you're going through something that's going on, that's where a lot of, we just finished up the class with emotions, that's a lot of times we struggle with things, is because we've taken some punches, and we're bracing for that. And really, ultimately, at the end of the day, that is, there are trust issues in that. And so number one in all of our relationships are trust. Is we have to build trust constantly. You're always building trust or you're tearing it down. And it takes just an instant. It takes just a moment in time like, oh, my goodness. And all of a sudden, we're left reeling. This woman has done good to her husband. She speaks good. She talks good, she acts well, she does what she's supposed to, good things toward her husband all of his days. She doesn't wake up one day and say, well, I've been a good wife all of these days. I think I deserve it. Now I'm just going to, you know, let him have it or whatever. There's nothing going on in his whole life. She's been trustworthy. Now we could dive in and talk about specifics of all of that, ladies, but let me just hit on one thing that's a simple, easy thing. This is not, she's a, an amazing woman. The, 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 the standard that God has painted for us, a picture of her, which is the mark, ladies, for you to shoot for, and it's the standard of what we praise and appreciate and value as, as, as followers of Christ. But there's one thing in here that I will poke on, and that is this. Not only does she do well, but she speaks well. One of the things that Susan and I kind of figured out earlier in our relationship, and we kind of agreed to this, and we've held by it all these many years, is we refuse to talk poorly about each other in public. If there's an issue, then we need to deal with it privately. 
That's not to say we're not hiding or acting like, oh, the other person's wonderful. We're not putting on a show or you know anything like that. And if you know anything about River, we're trying to just be real and honest. I, I don't sugar candy-coated Christianity. Is I just don't have a lot of patience for it, to be honest with you. But ladies, be careful that you don't disrespect your husbands in public and complain and all of that, all right? What... If I could just be really even personal, and I'm trying to be careful this even relation, but what would you think of my wife or me if she was just talking about me and life groups and all of that, or if I was talking about her? Like you would start losing respect for either one of us or our relationship, and deep down you know it's not right. Ladies, you need to speak well, or don't speak at all as it were. Don't get together and, you know, sometimes it's easy to commiserate in the middle of pangs. What happens is you're hurting. You have gotten punched and you're trying to heal. But the healing process is not spreading the, the wound, spreading the plague. The healing process is something completely different. And so do what is good towards your spouse and God will honor that. We can talk a whole lot more about how to navigate that. Our pastors would be glad to. Steve would be glad to. And we have some other ladies that would be glad to help you as well. So let me move on. The, sec- the next thing in, in the, as we unpack in this is not just doing well in your relationships and to those uh, with you, but this woman is so industrious. I, I, I'm put to shame at how much she works. She seeks wool and flax. In verse 13, the flax is a plant that you make linen out of and uh, that, that make fine clothing, if you will. And she, she's like the ships of the merchant, and she brings her food from afar. You ladies probably do too. You probably buy... F- I say ladies. Boy, that's really misogynist. Guys, you might too. You're going grocery shopping. In my family, I don't shop because we'd end up with just Twinkies and cupcakes and... It would be horrible, and you know, it just—it really would be. So my wife does really well with that for us. But we bring our food from afar, right? Tomatoes from Mexico, and you know, just whatever. I mean, there's stuff we buy them from all over the world, just as this. So she's an industrious woman, finding whatever resources she needs for her home, for her family to take care of home. She's there. She gets up while it's still night. In other words, sun hasn't risen. She's getting up just to provide food for her household, to start the day and to take care of things. She's a businesswoman. She looks at a field and she buys it with the fruit of her hand. She plants a vineyard. And I don't know, thinking about this, she has, she has some servants and some hired help along the way. All right, This woman is not making every single thing that she made. And now she's literally got, bought 100 acres and now she's got to plant 100 acres and come... She's not doing all of that, all right? Let's bring it back down. This is not like Facebook and social media when everybody posts, you know, all of the stuff and they post the image. You're like, well, I don't do any of that. Yes, you do a lot of this too. Absolutely you do. But what it is telling us is that she is a hardworking, industrious person who puts it a high value taking care of her family and she works unbelievably hard. And we're to value that. Busy, taking care of all of those, those things, working. Just a thrifty businesswoman. I can picture this as like she's measuring up a field. She's going and seeing how big it is, what it's going to take, what it's going to cost her to buy. She's saved up her pennies and overseeing the family affairs and that, and she's purchased it because she knows what kind of quality of land it is and what it's going to produce. She's running her business world and running all of these things. 
You know, the world around us today thinks it is inventing and reinventing what it means to be a woman, and it is just really horribly getting it wrong at multiple levels. I'm not even talking about the transgender things. It's just horribly wrong. Should we not be surprised that God laid out a picture for us hundreds of, or thousands and thousands of years ago of what, uh, of what this should be? So ladies... You work hard. You work hard. Many of you, your jobs that you do, you work hard in your homes, and it's absolutely hard work, and we commend you for it. And it's something that you should recognize and appreciate, not appreciate the hard work, appreciate that you're fulfilling what God wants you to do, and you should be feel good that you're honoring God in that. Am I saying that the right way? I hope that's coming across. That you're in your faithfulness, that you're honoring God, and it doesn't go unnoticed with God. And for the men in the room, it better not go unnoticed with you. And it ought to be more than one day out of the week. That's what I'm trying to say, all right? So she's industrious. Look at the next thing. So she makes all this stuff. She provides for people in need. She's not afraid of her own household in, in verse 21. She makes... Uh, she opens her hand in verse 20 to the poor, and she reaches out her hands to the needy. Oh, my goodness. Ladies, if I were in your shoes, I'm like, holy cow, I get up and all of this, and now she's the woman who's taking care of the, the needy around her and making sure that they have what they need. Like those in her household, her own kids and her husband and her, the servants that she has, the, the employees, the workers, those around her. Now she's taking care of people who can't and don't have as well along the way. Ladies, that is the heart that so many of you have. And this scripture commends you for that heart, the caring that you have to make sure those around you are taken care of, that have what they need. Men, if that's your wife, don't despise her for that. Honor her in that. Bless her in the caring and the nurture that she has, not just for you, that those around you. Sometimes there's pain points of different values. And men, sometimes the, the ladies in our life, we don't understand the, the heart drive beside them and recognize that God is putting things in there. And they're fulfilling those roles that God is calling them to because we are responsible to care for those around us. But she provides for her family. You know, historically, I think, and I don't know if it's stereotypically whatever, and I don't know how much stereotypes ever really hold, but, you know, the well, I'm the, the, the man's like, well, I provide for my family and all of that. Well, this woman's getting it done too. And that's right straight out of Scripture, providing and taking care of, of all her family, those in need. And, and along the way, she is a strong woman. Strength in verse 25 and dignity or honor, that, that, that dignity, same kind of idea, or her clothing. That's what is seen on the outside. What that is a poetic way of saying, strength and, and honor or dignity are her clothing. In other words, yes, she's clothed and she's wearing nice clothes, but you know what people notice about her? They notice her strength and they notice her dignity. It's not about her clothes. It's not the latest posting, you know, the Kardashian craze of a certain look and a certain body type and shape and what you look like that's really valued. Ladies in the room, help the young ladies to, to get rid of that crazy cult craze and instead replace it with the strength and dignity 
that you represent, that you bring to the table and help the young women in the room to, to understand what that real genuine strength is. That's what we should be noticing and recognizing that's on the, on the outside. She's a woman of wisdom, speaking wisdom. She opens her mouth with wisdom. And the teaching of kindness is on her tongue. So often we each underestimate our abilities of what God does in our life. And so often I run into people who are like, well, I don't know if I have anything. I don't know. I'm not really that wise. I'm not that. Like God has put stuff inside of you with His Word. The Holy Spirit is inside of you. And He gives us words and words of wisdom that this woman is wise, not just what the Bible says, but how to apply it to life. Keep in mind as we talk through Proverbs, Proverbs, if you will remember, is not just a book of wisdom. It, it's a book of righteousness. You don't have wisdom apart from righteousness. And by the way, if we learn anything in Romans, you don't have righteousness apart from Jesus Christ and His grace. So here's a woman who knows Jesus, who's living her life in righteousness, living her life in wisdom, and she's learned not just what the Bible says, but how to practically apply it to her life. And then she's turning around and helping the other women in her life to learn how to live their lives as well. There's always plenty of people that understand what the Bible says, but they, we struggle, right? It's the application. It's putting it into practice. It's, we know, love your neighbor as yourself. Well, what does that mean? How do I do that? And she's somebody that understands the Word of God deeply and has a re her relationship with Christ is so significant. It's at the center of her life. And it's the well, it's the deep well within her soul. And she speaks and she lives out of that. And she shares those truths with others around her. And in the process, she ends up sharing the gospel. This is a woman that you, you, the gospel is sharing the words of righteousness and is the most wise thing that you can do. We talked all about that as we walked through Proverbs. So here's a woman, not just practically taking care of her family, not just physically taking care of the needy around her, but she's taking care of the spiritual needy, the souls and of people around her in her life, and she's living that wisdom, and she's sharing it with others as well. Amazing. And then she takes care of her family, so in tune with her family. Look at verse 28 and 29. Her children rise up and call her blessed. Again, this is not a statement about the kids. This is moms in the room. This is not, well, you should rise up and call me blessed today. That's your job, pastor said this morning. No, this is actually a backward statement of her that even her snotty, runny-nosed kids disobedient kids or whatever say, Mom, you are awesome. Because they see deep down a woman of integrity and a woman of wisdom who's doing them good as well. Yes, we as kids will always say, well, it's not fair. Why can't I have my way? But she's the kind of woman that is raising her children well, and they recognize, and they see the truth in her life. And they, she is not harming them and manipulating them and twisting and all of that. But they bless her because they see the goodness in her because she is 
looking well, in verse 27, to the ways of her household. You see, when she's looking well to the, the fabric of life, the currents and the movement of the people in her household. This is not talking about clothing and is, do you have enough in your lunchbox? Do you have clothes to wear? Do you have what you need for school and all that? This is not talking about that. This is talking about the people. She's looking well to the ways of her people that in her household. Have you ever seen like videos of fish when they school together, just hundreds of fish in the ocean, and they just, how do they turn? Like one turns and they all turn and it all looks the same. Fish have something so amazing down the side of their bodies. They're called a lateral line. Yeah, I'm going to call you ladies. I'm using an illustration on Mother's Day with fish. I'm going to get away with it, I think, all right? You probably have not heard this one in any woman's conference before, I assure you. <laughs> But fish have something down the sides of their body called lateral lines. And there's like a little canal that runs along the, the side of their body. And there's little pores along those internal canals that connect to the water around them. And it lets water in and out. Fish can sense pressure changes, minute pressure changes in the water all around them. They can tell when the pressure is increasing and decreasing. They can tell when there's a disturbance in the water. They can tell when there's a tremor in the water. Water, when there's movement in the water, when there's confusion and something's going on and they react to it and they adapt to it and they move. And it's really kind of amazing. Mom, you are the lateral lines in the family. You are the ones sensing the changing of the pressures and the current and the movements and their tremors and the anything that's a disturbance that's going on in the lives and the souls and the hearts of the family. You sense that a million times more than guys do. Ladies, even if you are, don't have a, you're not married or you don't have children at home, you tend to sense these things better as well. Men, we're just kind of dumb as rocks, to be really honest with you. And ladies, I know it's frustrating to you at times. I know it really is because you look at your husband and I'm like, why are you not getting this? Like, he doesn't have lateral lines like you do. You've just got it. You've got the ability to sense when things are going on. A few of you guys get it too, but you're gifted in ways that most guys aren't. So here's where I'm headed with this. This lady does all of this, and I don't know how. I don't. She is like the top 1% of 1% of 1% of 1%, and that's what the Bible just said. Like, There's a lot of amazing, awesome women in the world, and you've topped them all. She works hard and is busy going out all day and staying up at night and getting up early and still manages to be put together herself and the clothes that she's wearing and dressed when you read this picture. And she's not so busy that she's, com not, she's completely in tune to what's going on and the disturbances in the life of her kids. Now, I want to just touch this for a second. I don't want to make any of the ladies in the room mad uh, by any stretch. And if you know me, like, I'd rather make you mad than I would make God mad. So I want to make God happy, but I think in making God happy, I'm going to make everybody happy in the middle of this. There's, historically, there's always this debate, you know, should, should a mom work out of the home? Should she stay home and be with the kids and all of that? And there's different philosophies. Let me say this, moms. Let's get really practical with it. If you are able to stay in tune with the lateral lines and the movements and the challenges with your family and work and do all of this, then feel free to do that. But not every woman can do that. 
If you're able, but if you choose all of this, other, the working and everything, and you all of a sudden finding yourself where you're missing and you're really not really knowing where your kids are, you really don't know what's going on in the home and you're not in tune, then you really probably ought to throttle your work back. Because these are the critical things that are so much more important. So every family I've noticed, every individual and every family has a different threshold of handling busyness. In our culture, we tend to think busy is good and busier is even better. And we're, how are you doing? Oh, I'm so busy and all that. We just, we value that. And to be honest with you, sometimes we're just over busy. So, but sometimes it's okay. And some of you run well with that way and it's all of it and that's good. And some of you are like, yeah, no, we need to slow down. And every family is different. But let the guide be with how attuned you are to what's going on in your home. And be free and be blessed. And if you're able to make all of those things work and juggle them, then do it and have at it. But moms, don't you feel second rate if you're like, I can't do all of that and take care of my kids and my family. You are not a second rate woman if that's where you are. Everybody really and every family is different. There's different dynamics and different cultures and all of it. And we just need to get over the shaming and all of the not comparing and living up to what everybody else is doing and just relax. You run the run that's in front of you and make sure you're fulfilling all those responsibilities before God. And that's what we're to do to take care of that kind of business. So how do you do these things? Let me give you a few little things. I'm going to wrap up here soon. Look at verse 29. Many women have done excellently, but you surpass them all. Remember, this is the target. This is the high end. And we're always going to try to get close, but we'll never quite get there. And it's okay. Don't be defeated in it. The perfectionists in the room struggle with that. Well, I want to get it right. Well, getting it right is just close. And close is good. That's what we're after here, all right? This is archery. This is not math. This is not one plus one equals two. This is just close. Verse 30, charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. So how do we do this? How do you do this, ladies? First thing, number one, is you have to fear the Lord. You don't do these things if you don't fear the Lord. It starts with a desire that says, God, you're number one in my life. And I want to honor you, and I lay my whole life before you. And because of that, I'm going to work hard and do these things, and I'm going to grow. So ladies, if you didn't hear anything this morning than this, then at least get this, is fear God. Put God first and look to honor and please Him in everything, because if you honor and please Him in everything, all these other details will be taken care of. And how that all plays out, it's not going to be easy. And you'll second-guess yourself on lots of things, but put your chief thing as fearing God and you work through all those details. Fear Him. Not a fear that's afraid of God, but a fear that draws you to Him. And a sense of awe and love and a responsibility before a holy God of heaven who sacrificed His Son Jesus on the cross for you. That you want to live your life before Him and be responsible in all these areas. So fear Him. Second thing is, is have the right value or priority. The Bible says charm is deceitful. Charm is the... Outward elegance, the outward beauty, it says it's deceitful and beauty is vain. The word vain means 
It's like a breath. It's like the morning mist that evaporates. It's like cotton candy. It looks great, and you taste it, and all of a sudden it disappears. I don't know if you've ever seen the, the YouTube videos. Go back where raccoons are given cotton candy, and they put it in water, and all of a sudden they're just like, like where'd it go? It just is gone. As soon as it hits the water, it kind of blows their mind. That's what it means. Beauty is gone, ladies. And the outward charm is deceitful because it shows on the outside, like the tables and everything that was last night were so elegant. But we didn't want to just have that on the outside. We genuinely in our hearts wanted to serve and bless you internally. All of that evaporates and it's on the outside. But what's on the inside is what matters. So value, value being a, the strength and the integrity and the things that we've talked about not the things that are on the outside. So fear God, honor, and have the priority for the, the right things. Honor Him in those things. And then pick one or two of these things. You can't do all of these at once. My driver's ed teacher, when I was in high school learning to drive, did an illustration. In fact, we had the whole classroom there, and I don't know why he picked me, but he picked, picked I probably look like a vulnerable target, maybe klutzy, I don't know, but he picked me. And, uh, and he was trying to make the point that when you're driving, don't make, make sure you don't have two or three or four obstacles at once. Like if there's a car coming this way and you've got a car parked here that's kind of in the way, you've got a person walking, like stop first. You know, if you're in the driving, don't try to pass all of that at the same time. It's too much. You can't handle it. Do it one at a time. And he, he taught the class the lesson by, he threw me, you know, I don't remember if they were little balls or quarters or something, like five or six of them at once, and I caught them all. And then he threw them all at me at once, and I'm trying to get them all. And in the end, I like got one, and I dropped them, you know, trying to do it all. Ladies, you can't grow in all of these areas at once, is what I'm trying to say. None of us can, like, well, I'm going to do five or six things. I'm going to be super whatever. Pick one. Pick one this morning that says, you know what? I feel like God is talking to me that I just need to come and be at peace with the situation that I am in my life. Some, sometimes, folks, sometimes we carry around such false guilt and shame trying to live up to things, and God's not asking us to do it. So maybe you need to let go of that and say, you know what, I want to be at peace this morning. Maybe that's one area that you need to discuss or think about with uh, those in your life. But don't try to work on five or six of these. Pick one. Maybe you want to be a woman that you would say, you know what, I really want to think about what it means to fear God again anew. None of this is brand new to you. But there are things that we need to grow and to lean in on. Pick one. Pick two at most. So honor God. Let go of the fake stuff. Value the real inside stuff. And focus on one or two of them. Then find, a third thing to do is find another older woman than you. I know this flies in the face of all modern practice. We all tend to, I'll give you true confessions. I'm around teenagers like, well, I can't talk with them because they're older, you know, whatever. And they get around college students like, well, they're so old. They're 28. I'm like, what? You know, or they're 35. And then I get around some people are like 60. Well, these are so young. I can't be with them. I'd be like, okay, folks, are we all in junior high? Like, come on. Like, we were all people, you know. We might have little different stages of life, but oh my goodness, there's things to be learned with all the ages. Our older ladies and older men need to learn some things from the younger crowd, and the younger needs to learn to the older and try to mix all of this together. But ladies, wherever you are in your stage, just have a couple of mentors in front of you. You know, Scripture says to the young wives in the room, 
You need to learn from the older women how to love your husband and love your children. In other words, you're not going to learn that well from other young women. You're not going to learn it well from yourself. Get around some other people and see what they do. Learn that. And older ladies and other older men in the room, be willing to invest and pour in to them and help them along the way. And then final thing is, is get a book or two. We were like, well, I don't like to read. Okay, then watch a video or a podcast or something, but a book or two that's faithful to God's Word that helps you put on some of those wisdom. Folks, if we do those things, you will grow in all of these areas over time. Don't under, we always overestimate what we think we can accomplish in a day or a week or a month, probably even in a year. We all of us shoot too high. We get crazy trying to hit our goals. And truth be known, we underestimate what we can accomplish in a couple of years and in 10 years' time. And so don't set it too high, but work on some things and move forward in that. Last thing and I'm done. This, this passage and the whole of Proverbs ends with this. Give her of the fruit of her hands and let her works praise her in the gates. Men in the room, young boys in the room, young, young men in the room. Our job is not just one day a year to honor the ladies around us, but it's to do that every day, every week, every month, every year. And I'll be the first to admit I don't do that perfectly either, but we should try and we should grow in that. And so appreciate those around you in a new and ways that you have not before. To do otherwise is a huge mistake. And these are the things that we should value. Men, don't you dare compare your wife to some other woman somewhere else. And how she dresses, how she looks, why can't you be more like, don't you dare fill in the blank. Why can't you, don't do that. There is no quicker way to degrade a woman than begin to go down that road in your conversations with her. Instead, you appreciate and you compliment and you value and you notice those things. Nobody likes to be just taken advantage of and ignored and neglected. And so, men, let this passage be a reminder to you. And I don't care what it takes. And some say, well, I, I'm so busy. I try, but, you know, I don't do well. All right. But it's not good enough. You really can do better. You need to do better. And I don't care what it takes. If it means you putting a note on your car, if you need to carry around a little stun gun in your pocket that's set to go off at 8 o'clock in the morning and zap you in the knee, you know, just to like, hey, compliment your wife on something today. Whatever it takes, set an alarm. What, whatever it takes, you need to say thank you and appreciate because they deserve it. They deserve the value and what they bring to the table, and we should not be taking them for granted. Too often young men grew up in homes where they've just have taken for granted their moms, and they go on in life thinking that they deserve it. And part of our responsibility is teaching us, even our young kids, is like, no, you don't. <laughs> and you need to value all of those things that are coming your way. So there is nothing new in here this morning that I shared with you ladies and men, gentlemen. But I hope there's a couple of things in there that each one of us can grow in. And so I'm going to close in prayer. 
And uh, our worship team's going to come and close our service. And let's just each ask God to kind of help nudge us in our heart of what we need to do. Whether there's a change in our attitude, a change in our thinking, whether there's something that maybe we've grossly done wrong to somebody else that we need to go apologize and get it right. But whatever you sense that nudging in your heart, won't you respond to God in that today? Because that's what God wants you to do. Pray with me, would you? Father, thank you for the truth of your word. Thank you for the precious women in our life, Lord. Lord, I know they are under heat and under fire, just in the world remaking them of what they are to be and to do. And sometimes, Lord, it slips into our thinking, and especially our young women. Lord, help us as a church to value the things that you value. And Lord, help us to simply appreciate and give to the ladies what they deserve. Help us to be people that don't break trust and damage trust and punch others in the mouth, but instead build it and grow it. Lord, we know by nature is relationships that none of us are going to live perfectly. This woman's husband wasn't perfect, and yet she still did him good. Lord, help us to be people of grace, people of forgiveness, people of wisdom. Doesn't mean that we end up being doormats with others, but Father, help us to do good and what is right to those around us, I pray in Jesus' name.